The only thing that's normal about the human body is that it's never normal. Oh, yeah. There's everybody has at least one anomaly, even if it's never yeah. discovered. And t- typically, there's about three anomalies per body, and and it can obviously be more than that. But physical, physical anomalies that you can see. And that, you're not well, talking about moles. No, not necessarily okay. that you can oh, see. Okay. For example, yeah. one of the things is the sternalis muscle. So, gonna have to describe some anatomy here. Um, the Let me guess. It has to do with the. Your sternum. Yeah, look at you. Laura. Christine. It's time to record a podcast. Let's do it. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. We've got some thoughts to share with you. We're kind of diving in because if we talk about it too much, then it's not organic. It's not organic. <laughs> um, so today's topic, I think, is going to be anomalies of the body. Woohoo! Ooh, I love talking about anomalies. So if you have like a sixth finger. <laughs> yes. There you go. There's a whole culture of people that have six digits. Yeah, I lingered on culture a, of people. Is that the right thing no. to say? Group. Group? Group tribe. <laughs> Colony. The six finger group. <laughs> I I saw a TikTok and it was a hand. And yeah, everything can be tweaked now. I don't of know course, what's real or what. I know. But let's pretend it was a real hand. It had six fingers. Yeah. And I was like, oh cool, look at that. And now I get all sorts of extra <laughs> digit videos, <Of> course. <laughs> web toes. There is this whole tribe of people in the Dominican Republic whose baby girls grow a penis at puberty. And the the um, incidences of this happening are uh, astronomical. A baby girl will be born. And then when the baby girl hits puberty, she grows a penis. I'm you, not buying it. It's absolutely true. So there's a whole somewhere around on that age as well. nine, a penis sprouts out, uh, starts to form, and so even when they have a female born, they don't get excited until she hits Come puberty on. because they don't know if she's going to stay female or if she's going to become male. When the female hits puberty and mm. doesn't grow a penis, then they celebrate that she's female. Like it's fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have to look that one up. You, I'm you dubious. should. Everybody should look. I'm that dubious. Up. And it I would should just look it sprout. up. It makes me want to look at it again. You're but. telling me that age five, there's no uh, indication of a penis. So listen, you know, sudden- we're talking about a okay. uh, culture that, or a you know, community or tribe that <laughs> is a little bit more indigenous. Okay, shall we say? Okay, okay sure. So. That's just what they know. That's okay. just like yeah. they don't, it's not, they mm. might be able to look and see, oh, there's a bud there that's, the, she's probably mm. not, but you know, is anybody really educated, <laughs> medically we, educated? All, we that all, could... all us, all us females have little buds. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just hidden. But they're, those aren't anomalies, there's right? Secrets. <laughs> but there are, you know, so basically they're all hermaphrodites, I would that's assume. That's the word. Oh, is that the word you're yes, looking for? That's the word. Um, it, so they obviously yeah, have yeah. have. <laughs> I don't know why we're going down this road because it's fat. It's anomalies it of the body. It's okay. fascinating. I want to hear Laura's anomalies of the body. Um, so along that same vein, I did have a client one time who um had retained 
testicles mm. her whole life and didn't know it. And um, you you told her? Uh, no, <laughs> well, I'm not that good. But I did feel like something is a bit. When you talk to her, you mean? When I had my hands on oh, her. Oh, okay. I felt like a different energy in that area that was yeah. just, and she hadn't mentioned it. And so I yeah. I asked her, like... I want to hear how I, you asked this question. Um, how did I ask the question? Probably something along the lines of, at the onset of puberty, did you start having... Um, did you have rough periods? Did you start having mm. hormonal issues, mm-hmm. which are normal, right? right? Um, because I, I didn't know where to start. So right. that's where I started. And she was like, well, actually. Oh, and then she said And it. then she told me I see. that that's. And you're um, like, I knew it. I felt it. Yeah. And there are stories of parents who, um, one that I heard recently, have um, a child born and they can tell pretty early on now that they're, uh, I don't know if hermaphrodite is an, an I don't accepted know if it's term an anymore, accepted term, but, but I think that's one a lot of people know. So we'll just I'll, stick with that. I'll I think stick it's with called it. something else. We're now, not but, trying to be mean, but right, this right. is what two fifty-year-old ladies know. Right, this is what we know. I know exactly where you're going with this, and they just choose. They chose. Mm-hmm. They chose the sex of that baby. They drove yeah. and and they drove to a different state yeah, to have the surgery, and and then later mm-hmm. it was regrettable yeah. because they chose unwisely right. and how can you choose that for somebody that's no. that's really an individual but you know what else falls in that realm that one's a big one it you is. don't it's get huge. to just choose and chop right. right but but the other one that falls in that realm for me personally are people who um pierce their baby's ears really that yeah, bothers like you, you you they they don't get to say yeah. if they want a hole in their body. Right. And then they have a hole in their body the rest of their yeah. lives. And I, yeah. And I, I would imagine that one's not gigantic, but um, they don't get to say. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think you should be able to. Okay. It's oh, a created oh, now anomaly. Now we're dribbling into, well, yes. you cut their hair. Yes, you're right. Right. But There's the hair grows zones. back. Yeah, the hair grows. There you go. The, the hair, hair grows, grows back. back. The ears will always have a hole in them. So it's one of those things where I'll see a baby and, and real quick, I'll be like, oh, they're so cute. And then the other part's like, they pierced their ears. That baby didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard not to think of it like that. But anyway, okay. At least so they're not you, piercing their eyebrows or something. But. Yeah. Um, you had, but it is interesting that you can pierce a baby's ears, but you couldn't pierce a baby's eyebrow. Right. It's how still do, on their head. How do we decide where we drew the line? Someone there? drew a line. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear some more of what you were thinking, though, from um, your other other mm-hmm. little anomalies mm-hmm. that happened. And I think it's important to note that there isn't any difference in my, this is my opinion. Yeah. There is no difference between um, an anomaly and what a lot of our our society calls um, disability or right. dis- deformity. To me, they're just, it's just an anomaly. And and of some people person. of that particular person and mm-hmm. some people have more anomalies than others. Now, are you talking specifically physical? Right. So not, no, you're not talking about neurological delays. Right. You're talking about, so we were physical chatting before this. Yeah. We've mentioned before my youngest son, Henry, um, was born with a chromosome disorder. And so we were talking about Henry's anomalies. Yeah. Like he has... On both his hands, his little pinky doesn't have a joint. So it's always straight and it's tiny. Right. An and anomaly. What a funny little thing. Yeah. yeah it's totally it's an anomaly. It's a cool little anomaly. Yeah. And along that, you know, we started off talking about the six-fingered people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so along that, mm-hmm. same lines, um, there are 
all kinds of anomalies that happen with the fingers, even if you only have five. Yeah, let's on talk each hand. about our hands. So we have um, one that's called, uh, and my daughter will let me know if I'm butchering this. One is called clindidactyly. And clindidactyly, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is when the tips, uh, the top joint of each finger curves in. Or, oh, or out. So sort away of has from the a midline. rheumatoid arthritis look? Kind of, but it's really just like just the whole... Just the tip. Yeah. It's usually just the tip is completely... Since birth. Crooked. So my daughter was born oh. with both pinkies and the top joint of both of her oh. pinkies turns in toward her ring finger on both hands. So when she holds her hands yeah. up, these she, it looks like yeah, this yeah. joint is just completely and like that. And they work fine. They don't hurt. I, like that. Like people can see me doing that, but yeah, completely turned. <laughs> I'm looking at you too. Almost going, like yeah, a like 40... That. <laughs> Almost like a 45 Not degree 45, angle. 45, that's Almost. Yeah, that's Almost. Cool. That's Hers are pretty intense. We'll right. have to post some pictures on I actually kind of remember now that you mentioned that. Yeah, and then there is um, camptodactyly, which is what I have on my pinkies, and that is when the middle joint of the finger... I'm looking at her pinkies. You can't night. straighten it. This is as straight as my pinkies so get. that has always been that way. Born that way, yep. Because that looks like arthritis too. Right. Yeah, interesting. And it probably they probably do have a just little bit of pinkies. arthritis. Just my for me, it's just my pinky. Some well, people, it's other fingers. Because now well. we've just talked about three people who have pinky things. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that's the last digit to develop. I in, don't know. In the womb, when you start budding fingers. Hmm, I'm curious. I remember one time years ago, I was working in Greece, New York, at a daycare center, and I worked with a girl who had um, one glass eye. <laughs> and it's because when she was in utero yeah. forming, they think that she had her thumb in her eye socket. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I don't remember if she was like born and there was the thumb in the eye socket and they had to surgically remove that. What I don't remember the details, but thing. she had a glass eye. Yeah. Like, well, in that, in that respect, she would almost have to have kept the thumb in there. Right. While the eyes were developing, and then the whole time after, <laughs> crazy. Did the glass eye look cool? It was. Cool. Did she talk? Could she take it out? It, um, I can't remember. We're going back quite a few years. I can't remember if she took it out, but this um, is daycare. Uh, it was a daycare center you that could, like, we worked at when together. The kids don't nap. You could threaten yeah, them by like, pulling your eye out, <laughs> right? You want to yeah. see that? It's really yeah. cool. <laughs> but fa- you know, things yeah. like that that fascinate me yeah. really make you think about all of the things that can go wrong. Oh my god, totally! I think we talked about this yes. when we were talking about Henry um, in diagnose this in the last episode. Um, uh, yeah, all the things that can yeah. go wrong during the, our the, development. Yeah, it's, uh, it's phenomenal that anybody <laughs> is born quote unquote normal. It's true. Right? It's true. We should have all sorts of physical weirdness. The <laughs> only thing that's normal about the human body is that it's never normal. Oh, yeah. There's, everybody has at least one anomaly, even if it's never yeah. discovered. And t- typically, there's about three anomalies per body. And, and it can obviously be more than that. But physical. Physical anomalies. That you can see. And that, you're not well, talking about moles. No, not necessarily okay. that you can oh, see. Okay. For example, yeah. one of the things is the sternalis muscle. So going to have to describe some anatomy here. Um, this, Let me guess. It has to do with the... Your sternum. Yeah, look at you. You guys, I'm so smart. You are so smart. Okay, go ahead. It's from hanging out with me, though. That's why she's so smart. Yes. Uh, so you have the sternum, the chest plate, and then on either side of the sternum, in some people, can be this extra muscle 
that is sort of attached at the clavicle, the collarbone, mm-hmm. and the sternum, and it runs parallel to the sternum. And sometimes it goes all the way down to the bottom, the last rib mm-hmm. on the front of the body. Sometimes it stops a little short. Um, sometimes it's not even a muscle; it's just a tendon. It doesn't, so it's very thin. Mm. What's um, it called? It's called a sternalis. So that's S T E R N A L I S. Okay, look it up. Not every, but in general, you don't have it. Um, so oh. about five percent of the population oh. has one. Okay. Um, and out of that five percent, uh, about th- and these these statistics may be different from when I first learned of this muscle yes. at this point because, and we'll get into that. Okay. But um, out of that five yes. percent that have a sternalis muscle. Three percent of that five percent only have it on one side and not the other, and it's very difficult to discover. Um, in fact, I had somebody one time I found their sternalis that they had a sternalis muscle, and when they went to their doctor and told their doctor that they had a sternalis muscle, he was like, "What's that?" Well, who like cares? he didn't even know what it was. Yeah, how, how do you even find it if it's under uh, bones? Here's why it's important, and it's not under bones; oh. it's on top of the rib cage. Oh, it's, it's on top yeah. of the rib cage. Yeah, okay, so okay. it's under the pec muscles. Usually, uh, sometimes okay. it can be on top of the pec muscles. Like, there's no real oh, rhyme okay. or reason to this, but. Um, so the pec muscles typically would go over the top of that and attach at the sternum. Mm. Uh, the reason it's important and the reason that it comes up is because if you pull the sternalis muscle and you ha- say you happen to have a sternalis muscle on the left side of your sternum okay. over the heart and you pull that muscle, okay. it can feel like you're having a heart attack. It's that could be that intense. Mm. Um, and that, and the way that you could pull it. So I pulled mine. I didn't know I had. This was before I even knew. Of course you have one, Laura. I know. Of course I do. I have one sternalis <laughs> muscle on the left side, of course. Um, and this was long before I went to massage school. So I didn't know anything about okay. the human body, really, other sure. than I had one. Um, and my daughter was quite young. She was about two, I think. And we were getting ready to go somewhere. And she had her friend. We had her little friend with us. And I got them both in the car. And I got in the car. And I pulled my seatbelt with my left hand okay. across my body to sure. plug it in. She's showing us, by I'm the showing, way. I'm showing you guys. I get it. The <laughs> left hand. So you reached by with your left hand. I reached hand. back with my left hand mm-hmm. to, and pulled the seatbelt across my body to buckle it. Yeah. And when I buckled it, I popped it. I got the worst pain. I thought I was like, oh, I couldn't take a breath. I could, my arm hurt. I thought I was having a heart attack for sure. And we're talking, I was like 20, yeah, 28 yeah. years old, mm-hmm. you know. But as the doctor was examining me, she had a intern with her oh, who had just gotten out of school, right? And she's just yeah. doing her clinicals. Fresh. And she goes, wait a minute. I think I know what this is. Stop it. So she, I'm on the edge of the table and she has me put my, my forearm up in front of me like I'm blocking a a kick or a something, kick. right? And she asked me to push against her hand with my forearm. And when I did that, you, you I got the back. pain. And she was like, oh, yes, you have a stern, you know, a sternalis, sternalis muscle. And I was like, whatever that means. But then obviously have learned over the, over the course the of my education. the doctor's like, get out of my office. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. So when I actually learned, read more about the sternalis muscle when I went through school, I was just like, oh, this is fascinating. So do, has anyone come to your practice and it's specifically that? Yep, a couple. I've had a couple now, of incidents. Now, can you feel it and you know 100% I can sure? palpate it, usually. It can be really difficult to oh. palpate if it's, not a, if it's not a very big one okay. or it doesn't have a muscle belly, it's just a tendon. Mm. And they, you know, the theories around what this muscle is yeah, for. that's what I was going to get at Is um, inspiration and exhalation. So in- inhaling, exhaling um, assists in that, they think. It doesn't I mean, come from caveman days. 
who knows? You know, the thing we needed then. I should do some more research on it because it's really a fascinating little muscle. So that would, what I just said is anomalies, all all the shit in our body that we don't need anymore from when we did a million years ago, or I I don't know when we were cavemen. Right. I I don't know these things, but right. Yeah. Well, what's the one, what's the one organ that we don't need? The one organ we don't need? Yeah, the spleen or the something. There's something. Appendix, are you referring to? Well, appendix appendix is one of them, but it's something else too. And they're like, oh yeah. Gallbladder. Something. There's things you can live without, right? Yeah. I don't recommend it. No. But. (laughs) Do you have your appendix? No. I I have mine. I have everything. I have tonsils. Do you have tonsils? I do have tonsils, yes. Okay. I think. I mean, I don't remember anybody taking yeah. them out, so I guess I've got them. Yeah. Uh, gallbladder and appendix are gone for me. And typically, if somebody, um, and I don't want to put this on anybody, yeah. but if you lose your appendix, then you're more likely to also have issues with gallbladder in the future. Now, remind me again what the gallbladder does. So the gallbladder is the, it comes, it sort of helps out the liver. Um, Filter in, stuff? Filtering and processing okay. and, and all of that. It's mm. all these little juices in there that help break down yeah. proteins and, and things so we can so use them. So you don't have that? I don't have a gallbladder. And so what what are your challenges that I don't have? That's a good question. Yeah. So when I had the gallbladder out, um, so I noticed... It gets inflamed, infected. Right. So something. mine had just like ceased to function. It was like a solid rock by the oh. time they took it out. I'd been having issues for a while oh, and we couldn't we couldn't pinpoint yeah. it. Yeah. And then um, they did this study where they put this stuff in there and they take pictures mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And mine was like literally just a rock a sitting stone. there doing nothing, <laughs> you know, not because it, it has to it has to um, contract mm. and, you know, do its do its thing. And it wasn't stuff. It wasn't doing its organy stuff. Oh, fascinating. So they took mine out. It was okay. like a calcified, <laughs> yeah, yeah. useless stone baby, stone baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that what I noticed after that is because of its job in helping the liver, it was very difficult for me to process really high fat foods like nuts okay. and avocados, okay. which I love, ice cream even sometimes, oh, anything that has like a really high fat content, sure. the liver would have to work really hard. Mm. Um, and and because it had to work so much harder, I ended up getting a fatty liver. Oh, it's just about like to having, say that one. Yeah. Mm. So there's, there's different types of um, liver, fatty liver, and um, one is because of alcohol, you right. know, alcohol Non-alcoholic consumption, but liver. not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which basically means you have a lot of fat in your diet. Right. Right. It's not processing right. it well, so you need to, you need to check yeah. out that. So, uh, well, well, we, so we what got, else you got? Got uh, off on a tangent. Um, okay, then there's the psoas muscle. This one's yeah. a little bit more challenging to describe, but if um, we can think about the spine, we're going to start with the back of the body and we're going to look at the spine as we're going down. You know, you have your cervical vertebrae and then you have your thoracic vertebrae. They're like What's the, thoracic mean? The thoracic middle? is the, the chest, ca- like oh. the chest wall sure. or, the, or not the chest wall, but that level. Um, and then you have your lumbar. Most people know about the lumbar because, yeah. So, the psoas is both a back muscle, so to speak, and a, an abdominal muscle. It's mm. responsible for like, you know, being able to lift your, your knee up toward your chest. It's a, a responsible for you bending over. It's, you know, it just has a lot of um, okay. uh, jobs. And how big is it? It's, oh boy, that's a hard one. So it starts usually on people, it starts around T12 and attaches it at least um, two more um, spinous processes of the vertebrae. Yeah, but use something we know. Is it, is, is it uh, cell um, phone size? 
No, it's big. Oh, it's it, bigger. It it goes the the length of from T twelve all the way down to the inside of your the head of your femur. So that's a like the length of your calf from so, your knee to your foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I just, this is, had to pick that one instead I don't think of what I you ever... just said. <laughs> I'm like, no, screw you with your stomach length. It's, let's pick another let's body part. Let's say the part. forearm. It's like the length of your <laughs> yes. foot from your elbow to your fingertip. It can be that okay. big. It oh, can be shorter big. than that. It can be. So sometimes those attachments, I, know, I don't think I thought about when we talked about anomalies of the body, about doing this podcast. I don't think yeah. I thought about how difficult it is to describe it. And you have one minute left, Laura. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm done. Mic drop. Um, okay, so so you have the psoas muscle, yes. and you have a, a psoas major, and then there's the potential for a psoas minor. Um, not everybody has a psoas minor. Okay, and that's you, the a smaller... whole reason you're talking about psoas is because it's an anomaly. It's one not of those. Everybody has one. No, everybody has oh, a psoas. Okay. If you didn't have psoas, you wouldn't you be walking. Function. You wouldn't okay. be walking. Um, everybody has one, but where they attach on the oh. spine is different. For some people, they don't start at T12. They start at L1 or oh. L, even L3. It really depends on the on the person. And it can be different from side to side. So you might have it attached at T12 on the left and the right might be at L2. Like you just, and, you never know. And depending on where it's attached on these people, they have more or less problems. They can have issues. Sure. It so can, if someone comes in and they oh, my back and you know, you're always finding that their psoas is only attached at. Well, there are certain things that give away whether uh, it's a psoas functionality thing, uh, you know, and then you start looking and playing with the psoas and at which you, um, the easiest way to access, access it is through the abdominal, the lower right and left quadrants on the um, front of your on body, the front of the body, a ligament that goes from your hip bone to your pubic bone yes. area. It goes under that yeah. and attaches at the inside what? of the head of your femur. And you're getting to that? The, gra- the greater trochanter. So you can't get to that portion, oh. but you can get to the, right above that inguinal ligament. You can get to, well, you can so access. You're, po- I, you're pointing so you pointing to that area reminds me that when I was having my issues earlier, you were always futzing around with my psoas. Always checking the psoas, and, yeah. And how do I, how could we ex- explain this feeling? Like, imagine the, I'm okay, I'm doing it now. Imagine the area between your pubic area and the outside of your hip. Yep. She's taking her fingertips and like pushing into that. Well, I'm I'm holding there and waiting for an invitation from the body to soften and let me in. You don't ever want to force your way into Well, there. while she's waiting, it's, it can take it's a while a for some people. Odd discomfort. Yes, and when you actually get to the the psoas, yeah. it can feel really raw. It's like a raw sure. feeling to it, you know, cuz yeah. who how often do you get that touched? Um, and so the anomaly of the psoas is that yes. it, the attachments can be different from side right. to side, not to mention person Top to person. To um, and then there's a psoas, everybody has a psoas major, not everybody has a psoas minor, oh. which is a, th- a thinner muscle that runs over the top of psoas major. How are you going to know that? You can palpate that too if you have good palpation skills. What does that mean? And um, palpate, it like feel. like Okay. It's very helpful to be more intuitive if you're working with somebody that has a little bit more tissue sure. to work through. The adipose tissue can be really challenging, right. but it's not impossible. Um, 
you rely less on palpation skills and more on intuitive Intuition. and knowing what is there, what's under mm. all of that. You right. gotta, you gotta, gotta, know, you your gotta know your structures. Yeah. So, so give me, uh, give me a story about a patient with that issue hmm. that you're working on oh, or had worked on. I could choose from one in particular, um, fairly recently. Like what the, did they present with? So, <laughs> They presented with the opposite side, so the right side groin pain. and In the front. That's in the in front. In the front of the body. Yep, okay. in the groin. Um, we worked and we worked and we worked and we worked. And then one day, and I worked on psoas on that side, one day I was like, you know, this particular area of the body is a horseshoe. Like anything that happens on the right side, right leg is going to affect the left leg because it's a horseshoe. It's connected. Mm. So I decided to poke around on the left side of her body a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more challenging to get to psoas. For me, maybe other therapists would do it easily, but I, I find it a little more challenging to get to psoas on that side because the, you have the descending colon and the sigmoid colon. and then with, They just get in the way. They do. And then with women, you have um, obviously uterine yeah. stuff to think about and ovaries and things, but you can, it can be done. You have to have a little bit more patience, which I'm not always good with, but when I'm poking around in somebody's body, I tend to have more patience. Let me say this real quick, and then we'll come back. I'm picturing you when you're touching people and healing people that you're picturing uh, an anatomical model. Right. I'm picturing the way you, know, you just said what you said before made me think that you you don't you're almost like closing your eyes yes. and picturing your hands yes. working on them. On- and honestly, the more I have done this, the more I can actually feel like I can see. That's what I mean. You're kind of seeing it. I'm seeing seeing their body. Yeah. It's like weird x-ray vision with my fingers. Like I'm seeing with my fingers. It's incredible. The more I do it, the more obvious it is. There's no way that you can 100% learn that. If you're a photographer and you are, you want, you want to be a good photographer and you're very passionate about it, you kind of just are out walking in the woods and you're just like, oh, I'm going to get my camera ready. Something's good is coming. So what's the game plan with that lady when you made that discovery? How can um, you help her? How can she help herself? That's a good question. So um, what I also, it's important to note that what I also find oftentimes in a situation like that is that the opposite side, like it had trigger points in it. So trigger points are when the, so we're talking about the right side psoas of hers. That's the quote unquote normal length or okay, whatever. Sure. Trigger points are when that a muscle gets overstretched. And okay. so the fibers that run um, in the same direction in that muscle yeah. belly um, get overstretched. The body will actually work to pull that back together and create that what we call knots. And when you feel a oh, knot or uh-huh. that's a trigger point, that's a that's an area where the, the fibers have bunched up and you kind of go in and, and trigger point therapy focuses in on finding those, mm-hmm. pushing in on them until they release and then walking away and right. getting relief that way. What we have found though is a couple days later, the the fascia is kind of pissed off because you just, you know, violated it to get yeah. to the muscle belly. And so it kind of clamps down and then boom, you got it's, it comes right back again. I see. So myofascial release works to release mm. the fascia around that muscle belly, which will 
give the muscle more room to relax and go back to its natural state without that trigger point. Gotcha. So I had been working and finding trigger points in her psoas on the right side. And um, so obviously because there was trigger points on that side, it's going to impact the other side too because now this is different. It's a shift. It was a shift in that muscle that made the left side kind of like uh, seize up a right. little bit, like the fascia around that just kind of seizes up. So we address that. We... Um, give the fascia a chance to smooth out. And um, the next time she came to see me, she was like, I can lift my right leg in, oh. in the shower now. Like You gave her homework? Always. What kind almost, of homework do you give that person? always gives It's a good homework. example. It's a good, uh, you know, she's got this, uh, the anomaly of her psoas being shorter on one side. Like, what are you saying to her? So for her in particular, it was um, being really mindful of when you're walking, that you're bringing your heel down and that you're rolling out onto your toes when you're going up and down stairs, you're, you know, not, you're not putting one foot and then bringing the next one, then putting the next, you know, use the leg. I need you to think about your gait for a while. Think about it. You just have to pay attention to your body for a while. So what can you think just off the cuff here of any other anomalies and you're fascinated, but now you have a challenge. Well, a really good one, and we talked about this in um, a previous podcast yeah. when we talked about my story, yeah. um, a Chiari malformation. Oh, right. um, uh, so, so just a quick reminder. Yep. So a Chiari malformation is when either the occipital, so that back um, part of the skull in the back of your head and lower at near the, the base, neck at right. the base, um, has, a, has a deformity, quote unquote deformity which means it's usually smaller than what we would like. Mm-hmm. So the brain doesn't have a lot of room in there. The deformity can also be in the cerebellum it, part of the brain itself, where right. it's either too large or misshapen right. in some way. Um, and so if the skull itself is too small, the brain will eke its way out and right. go down into the mm-hmm. frame and magnum and blah, blah, blah. Um, but there are other... So I just ran into one, actually, um, where the back of her skull is sort of rounded where it shouldn't be rounded. Mm. And in that particular area of the body is where the trapezius muscle attaches on the back of the skull. So this um, occipital ridge, the external occipital ridge in the back of the skull, the trapezius comes all the way up there and attaches and then goes trapezius is this huge muscle, right? So it attaches related to trapezoid muscle um a trapezoid is back, well there's a right well the trapezius is this is a muscle a trapezoid okay. is a bone oh yeah that's a different thing anyway <laughs> i'm sure she's right about that <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead go ahead it's in i i, I believe no that my the, hands no there's a trapezoid ah. bone in the hand well, I'll pull up my app and we'll look yeah. at it when we take okay. a break. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll get, anyway, we'll get back to you on that one. Trapezius. Now I'm like questioning myself. Yeah, you should. Right. You should. No one's coming to you if you don't know where your trapezoid is. <laughs> the trapezius <laughs> okay, go ahead. is attached at the external occipital ridge, the back of the skull. Yes. It comes um, down as you're moving down toward the feet. It come it, oh. it fans out to the shoulders and kind of rolls over the shoulders and attaches at the let's just say the clavicle or the collarbone. 
And then as it continues down the back, it kind of comes to this cool point yeah. right around T12. Right. Um, and and it's, so it's a giant muscle. It's one of the biggest muscles on the back, right? Might be even the biggest one. Uh, yes. I'm no expert. What do I know? Uh, anywho, so because that external occipital ridge is where it's attached, um, and she has a little bit of an anomaly there, it changes. So instead of that muscle being, you know, attaching in a quote unquote normal way, right. it's sort of rounded out a little bit. Oh. And as she's aged and and done things yes. with her body, uh, it has altered how, where that oh. trapezius, how it's responding to her movements and I stuff. See. So causing her pain there. Discomfort. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the, in the shoulders, in between the shoulders and now, the spine. Now when you have her and, and working on her, are you mentioning that anomaly of the base of her yes, skull? Yes, I did. I did. And she's Sometimes like, what do you know? know? Like yeah. they just, they don't know. And I feel like you have to be really careful when you're mentioning right. these things because you don't want people to feel like you're a freak. Yeah. You've got the, you know, yeah. I'm like, I marvel. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. How yes. cool you have this cool anomaly. I you am know? 100% confident that your tone and presentation is Aww, very I inviting. So. I hope so. Because no one's I just want to educate out. people on yeah, their bodies. Yeah. I'm not trying to make them feel bad about their right. bodies. I'm just saying, hey, did you know yeah. <laughs> you have this this little anomaly yeah. here and this could, but then, so when it's something I'm not super familiar with or I haven't run in, across before, yeah. I'll be like, I need to do some research yeah, give on me a this. Second, right? I don't know what this means. And right. so then I have to go and, and look up attachment sites and Do all you of ever that. go into medical journals online? Yes, all the time. Well, okay. I didn't yeah. want to assume that, yeah. but um, w w is there one that is specific to what you do? No. So, so... Are most of your anomalies muscle inside? You're the, mostly talking the about... The ones that I yes, uncover. Your anomalies in your practice are... In my practice, inside. not in my physical body. No, no, but, no not in... Yeah, right, right. Whereas uh, when I hear, <laughs> I hear anomaly, I do think of six think fingers. Of, <laughs> right, or yeah. Henry, or... Oh, yeah, right, right. right. Um, yeah, some of them aren't super obvious. Right. I don't see a lot of like real obvious mm -hmm. um, outward features. Um, I do have one gentleman who has obvious gait, uh -huh. you know, features yes. that are different from most people's um, where he, and then he walks from a certain area of his thighs um, yeah. that we don't walk from, yes. so to speak. That sounds kind of weird to say, but he moves his legs in a different well, way than we do. Well, he's because move. he's right. because we're freaking fascinating. Now, does that humans. bring him pain or that's just the way he moves? Um it, it won't wouldn't bring him any more pain than anybody else that would do something that would hurt their body, right? So, right. oh, and w let's talk about the sacrum real quick, right? So L one through five, At quote unquote normal, the end uh, of your spinal column, the end of your spinal okay. column. Um, then we start into the sacrum, which is that triangle-shaped bone at the base of your spinal column mm -hmm. um, that used to be have a tail, right? <laughs> perhaps right. Uh, we don't know. Um, I like and, that thought. And then they have originally those that fused bone was yes. also vertebrae. Sure. So some people have an L6 because it didn't fuse. Ah. The sacrum didn't fuse in the, in the quote ah. unquote right place. Or some people will have not have an L5 because the sacrum fused mm. too high. Like that can be, like that's a fascinating and what that would do and how that would change as you get older, when you have, um, when you, get arthritis because most of us do develop uh, arthritis to some sure. degree as we age. Um, 
that might be a little bit more uncomfortable mm-hmm. for somebody who has either an extra quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. Just assume that there's always quotes around that. Yeah. Extra vertebrae sure. or or one less vertebrae right. because their sacrum is longer, you know, it and changes you, how someone you... Someone can lay on your table and you can put your hands under them because you, you work on the sacrum yep. with them face up. Usually I do, So yes. she slides her hands under you. Yep. You can feel, you right away, you know. Right. You just know you've touched it. You go, yep, I know what's Maybe going on. Maybe there was a time when I didn't. I'd put my, yeah. I never would have known. Because I wouldn't know. Squat. You know, I didn't count the vertebrae. Right. But right. now I can, I'm, I've put my hand under so many sacrums that yeah. when I feel one that's um, quite that's a bit different than others, I'm like, what's oh. going on here? And then I'll say, like the one lady I said... Um, uh, so have you had any imaging done of your little, and she goes, oh yeah, I have a, uh, have, have a an, little tail. I have an extra vertebrae, you know? I was like, okay, so you don't actually, that's how it was described to her. I'm like, you don't actually have an extra one. It's just that this, and then I'll show her a picture and say, see this. And that, you know, it's not that you have an extra one. It's just that this one didn't get hmm. fused in with the other ones. And so, yeah. You don't. You have the same amount of vertebrae as everybody. It's just not fused. Yeah, where it should be fused, or sometimes it's not fused. You know, it's it is fused. I, where it I do be. think it's worth saying to you though that I get it. You're trained in this. I get that. But the fact that you can put your hands under and pretty quickly determine all that—that that is kind of amazing to me. Well, it's, I, I nerd out on that stuff. So it's yeah. like the perfect job for me because I'm just like, I think it is. And I'm not looking for it ever. Yeah. Like sometimes I just get drawn to it, which yeah. I think is so cool. And then I'll be like, hey, did you know you have a sternalis muscle? <laughs> What's that movie? Um, Shallow Hal? Did you ever see yes. it? Okay. Remember uh, George Costanza's character at the very end? I think this is a movie where he George has a little Costanza. tail. Does he have a little tail? Oh, is was that, that, that Shallow Hal? Maybe it's not Shallow Hal. I, I th- think you're right. I think I that the that irony so long, is but... that he didn't, uh, he wasn't into the fat chick thing. Right. And then he ends up And then he ends up, had a, he had a tail. Right. Right. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, there's something like that. possible? Do people have little sails? I don't know. I've never run across one, possible? but I do. It's not just I think a it could be possible. ha-ha funny comedy movie yeah. thing. I mean, we have a tail bone. Right. You know, if the tail bone has right. an anomaly and it grows in a different <laughs> yeah. way, then it could appear as though it's a tail. If it's sticking out, how uncomfortable that would be. The, the thing about that is that there's no way he's gone through his whole life and not had that fixed, <laughs> you know, because it would probably be very painful to oh, sit down. I see. Yeah. There, you know, that's, it's silly that he, you know, how did, he can't, t- thing, you yeah. wouldn't be able to like tuck it like a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if we had that anomaly, <laughs> right. it, I wouldn't be movable like that. That's it would be like sticking out and it would, yeah. you, you wouldn't be able to sit down. It would be very uncomfortable. So yeah. Did we, did we, <laughs> I had to toss it out cause I think, no, it's funny. Did we get to, all the ones you think you wanted to chat about? I think so. We talked about the occipitals mm-hmm. and the fingers. I mean, there's so many more, but those are just yeah. some of the ones I thought of real quick while we were getting ready to do this. Well, and as you have your practice, like what what comes in that sticks out to you? Yeah. Uh, as anomalies. Yeah. 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 These are things that definitely mm-hmm. stick out to me. I yeah. Think they're fascinating. I would, I would geek out too. Yeah. If totally this were my it. business and I was good at it, I would totally geek out on this stuff. Too. I love when I get someone else, like I had a, um, a nurse once that, um, I could use yeah. <laughs> the more technical terms. Sure. Sure. Like totally nerding out on stuff. Using yeah, the eight me. syllable words. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. Yeah. Uh, I love it. So this was fun. Um, yeah. So we will see you guys pretty soon. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Soma Speaks. 
Music by Thomas Telford. Produced and edited by yours truly, Chris. Artwork by our AI overlords. Tune in every week for a new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, always listen to your body.